difficult, 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 that right there is Katie Frame. I'm Katie Frame, and that is Marie Cecile Anderson. Yo. And you are listening to the Difficult Women podcast. Mm-hmm, that's right. Look at that. Look at it. Amazing. Listen to yeah. it. Look at it. Yeah, what are you looking at? I, I have don't no know. idea. Because we're only audio. <laughs> uh, we are also both one half of the <laughs> musical comedy duo <laughs> Reformed Horse. I don't know why I always have to say it like that. We together are one full reformed horse band that's right when our powers are combined we make the greatest musical comedy duo in the world mm-hmm. well we have some exciting news katie is coming to nashville oh yes i was like what what are we saying i'm like yes i am i'm coming to nashville i'm so <laughs> excited i'm so excited to leave the state of new york that's right you haven't left right wait where have you gone you've gone to- i've been upstate and i've been to connecticut Ooh, connecticut <laughs> just like a big traveler here whoa calm down i'm a little nervous i'm not gonna lie wait what are you nervous about the plane crashing <laughs> Just like regular oh. plane fear that I like have, you know, we traveled so much. I've always had like plane anxiety, but at a certain point when you travel like so much, you sort of are like another train, another plane, you know, here we are on the other plane. Uh, but to like not have been on one for a while, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it's like I'm going to build it up in my mind too much. So, take some Xanax. That's right. Take some Xanax. I love flying. It's a chair in the sky. And the best part is that you can drink a Bloody Mary while you do it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I really wish, I really, really wish, I think about this a lot, that air travel was like it used to be. Mm-hmm. You dress up, you had some room for your legs. <laughs> you like would have like a nice meal served to you at every flight, like every flight. Mm. They'd be like, here's a, a scargot. And you're like, thank you, sir. <laughs> Isn't isn't that how it was in the 50s? I feel like that's exactly. Or like a plane that has like a bar in it and then you like get up and you hang out at the Uh, bar. Like, isn't that a thing that used to happen? But now it's like just people that are insanely disrespectful to other people who are, because it's America, they can't. I know I'm not going to say that. That's too much. Wait, what are you going to say? I'm not going to say what I was going to (laughs) say. I know. It was really mean. Oh, dear. No, I mean, I just want to, I want to, I want to travel in class. With cl- with class, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't nothing matters. Um, speaking of nothing mattering, so you know I've been this a little fish update for everybody because I know y'all are just <laughs> on the edge of your seats wondering what is next with the fish. Uh, I've been having small troubles with the. Uh, you have to like check the water, especially at the beginning, a lot to make sure that the levels are like okay. Whatever. Uh, they're a little bit off. So, of course, I went into a full panic because that's just how I am. The fish seems totally fine. I'm <laughs> nervous about it. There's all these like fish forums that exist. Um, so I've been joining fish forums and then just like desperately asking for help. I'm like, what do I do? What did I do? Uh, and people, because they're very active on these fish forums, wrote me back right away. They were all very lovely and gave me great advice. But one of the things I found, I didn't realize this. Because I was like, I followed the instructions on the bottle. Why is this a problem? And ev- you start reading things and are like, oh, no, don't follow the instructions. I'm like, but wait a minute. Why? What? <laughs> like, why is this so hard? Like, no, no, you're doing it wrong if you're following the instructions. I'm like, good Lord. So it turns out the fish industry 
is totally unregulated, totally unregulated. So like companies can say whatever they want on the bottles. They can do they can give you whatever they want. And so the only way people are able to like know how to do any kind of fishery stuff is by these forums, by people like sharing information because the companies don't give a fuck. So like, the, you know, even like the things like the amount that they breed these poor fish, they're breeding them out of control. I, that's another thing I found out is the betas, the ones that are really beautiful, they can't swim. They die because they can't swim because their fins are bred. It's like with dog breeding, how, you know, you ruin people's animals, but it's fully unregulated. So like they just they don't like. <laughs> so I was like, OK, so I'm not losing my mind. Like this is not like I. This is really hard because there are no nobody knows what the fuck they're doing because the people that are supposed to tell you are telling you the wrong things. But it made me think about the United States <laughs> and how <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. But like it j- just think about like how much it fucks things up when we don't regulate these big businesses. Right. I just and we know this. I'm not saying anything new, but I'm just sort of like it really pisses me off because and it also made me think, you know, to be a little more serious and sorry to connect this to my fish. But it's true how unregulated the police departments are and this notion that like we want to move to being as deregulated as possible like what anybody that's pushing for that is trying to fuck you over that's bottom that's bottom line they don't want to be held accountable they don't want to have to deal with any repercussions for anything like the fish people so like you i just i'm not for like regulating things to to death but like this is insanity my fish is going to die. No, not to, not to bring it back to the fish. But I mean, it just made me think a lot. I know that we've gone, th- in all seriousness, this has been a very difficult week in terms of police, policing. And um, I, of course, am referencing uh, Dante Wright, who was murdered by a, a police officer um, in Minnesota during the George Floyd the yeah the show what's his name Chauvin Chauvin Derek Chauvin his -hmm. trial last night I watched a video of Trevor Noah um kind of talking direct to camera from the Daily Show and he was just saying this week all he can think about is where are the good apples where are the good apples you know we keep blaming that there's just you know there's a couple bad apples in the bunch and so this is what happens this is what's happening in America but no but like seriously where are the good apples at the end of the video, he made the point about how the system isn't broken. The system is doing its job of keeping these impoverished people in their place. Right. And silencing them. And so, and it's silencing the people who are being persecuted by the police, but it's also, it silences any of the good apples that want to step out and talk and, and speak up. They're silenced by these unions, by the police chiefs, because there's there. I mean, even with the George George Floyd case, there was other police officers just watching him kill this man. And they didn't speak up. They didn't say anything. Were they good apples? Are they good apples because they weren't the ones killing him? Right. They weren't the ones with their knee. No, they're they're bad, too, because they didn't speak up. They didn't say anything. They didn't. Right. They didn't. You know, their job is to serve and protect. Well, they didn't do their job. And that's the interesting thing about like the good apples. I didn't see that thing from Trevor Noah. But um, speaking of good apples, there wasn't a better apple than the woman that shot Dante Wright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was one of the best good apples, according to the police departments. She did everything. You know, she was she was the one train training that day, training other officers. And she 
took the wrong thing, right? So, I mean, aside from the fact that it's like, okay, oh, it was a mistake. Was it a mistake? Was it not a mistake? Why are you like, I don't know how you could be working in the, it's, that's not a training error of a newbie. She was working for 26 years in the police force. So there's that whole thing. But then, and this is also part of the system. Mm-hmm. It's like, then you start unpacking this being like, okay, fine. She let's, let's get, I, I don't agree with this, but let's say you're going to make the argument. Well, she made a mistake. It's a mistake. People make mm-hmm. mistakes. Okay. Then I have a question of, why was she feeling the need to pull out a gun at a traffic stop? Why, if we have traffic stops, are they followed up by then background checks? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, why do we have traffic stops at all? Right. So if if mm-hmm. it's a traffic stop where someone's like, oh, your blinker's not working. Let me pull you over because I'm worried you're going to hurt mm-hmm. another driver mm-hmm. and we'll find you some money. Why isn't that what happens? Why isn't it like, oh, your blinker isn't working? Here's $25 ticket. In Sandra Bland's case, they do a background check. They do whatever. They take her in. She goes to jail mm-hmm. for a, a ticket. Like, that is the system. So so you could even argue that this woman that, I can't think of her name, mm-hmm. but the woman that shot Dante Wright, you could mm-hmm. say, like, she was just doing her job. It's like, but why is that the job? And also, what if he gets in this car and he drives away? So what? What if he gets in his car and drives away? He didn't. He, I, as far as I can tell, I still don't know exactly what it was that they were. He had a warrant out for why he had a warrant. I did hear. I don't know if this is true, but I did hear that he had the warrant out because the the department was sending his his like warrant to come in, the like the the notice to come in to the wrong address. So the reason it became a warrant for arrest was because they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So that's two mistakes now done by the police department. So and that's just one. And and it wasn't like, again, it's not like he was like attacking someone or there was a violent crime. In effect, he had a he, he had a, a maybe an expired tag and then also an air freshener. That is where dismantle, defund, restart. Mm-hmm. Someone else made a really good point I saw earlier about like the fire department doesn't go out looking for fires. They don't patrol the neighborhood for fires. Mm -hmm. Why would we have a police department that's supposed to quote unquote protect us? Are they looking for problems? They're they're trained to look for evil, to look Mm -hmm. for bad in people. And I hear it from my, we have our cop friend, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, I don't know if you're listening, you know, I hear that in him sometimes, this this sense of like, they're all bad and we have to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Guess what? When you start pulling guns out because of a pretty routine traffic stop, you're you're putting yourself at risk as a cop even more. You are making this situation more dangerous than it has to be. And then you're killing other people because you're armed and they're not, you know? We're not talking about the times where someone's like waving a gun around and starting to attack people. Yes, of course. That's why we mm-hmm. have police in theory, right? To protect us against those times. Not to protect. Is uh, Who are they protecting when they pull somebody over for a, 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 ta- a you know wrong tag and then end up shooting somebody? Who's who is being protected? Nobody on the they were in that case. The guy wasn't even pulled over because he was causing a traffic problem. That was unsafe for other drivers. It's not even like that was happening. So like it, and I think anybody that's still on the fence about whether or not we need to dismantle the police department as it stands uh, 
I don't know what your I don't know what your argument is anymore. I don't I really don't know. Yeah, that just makes me think of, you know, our conversation this summer about campaign zero when Obama really rolled out that, you know, I don't even know like suggestion to police um forces. Right. Of, yeah. It was a suggestion. <laughs> it certainly wasn't law or legislation that they were trying to pass. It was just and I think that it was actually like nine different things that would help in de-escalating any kind of situation and also like making them vow that they won't use like really hardcore you know knee on the neck type things or like a headlock or you know and and several police forces across the country sign this vow type thing and then now months later we realize that actually no well and that's do you remember (laughs) I I got people riled up and upset with me a little bit because I was like this isn't enough I was like this is not enough and people are like, mm-hmm. well, it's a start. I'm like, you know, that's what they've been saying for fucking years, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's and I, I just saw a thing and I posted it on my Instagram about how like, yeah, the, New York City was one of the cities that was like, we will not allow any more. It is now officially not allowed where you put a knee on a neck because of the George Floyd thing. And then like, here's a picture of a NYPD officer with his knee on someone's neck. Right. Later on. Nobody cared. And then that police officer wasn't fired. He wasn't arrested. He wasn't anything. Right. So, I mean, it the system is very broken and it's and it's and it's like the system that we live in generally is broken. But this is like an immediate emergency where it's like people are dying in crazy numbers Mm -hmm. for doing nothing. And not just any people, specifically black people. Mm -hmm. And it's it is that is domestic terrorism. Right. Our police departments are terrorizing communities terrorizing mm-hmm. communities why would somebody want to run back in their car away from the police for a, a regular traffic stop because he knew he knew he was gonna die and guess what he did right. and he was right, right. and he Ugh. was right mm-hmm. and that's the thing mm-hmm. so people saying well why would he run because he was afraid of what was going to happen which actually did mm-hmm. so you know that's not even our topic today. <laughs> I know. Just, that's just us, like, you know, being real about what's going on right now. Well, one thing that I did sign up for, and I'm interested to see what this workshop is, but um, it's a anti-Asian um, accountability, like, bystander group mm-hmm. and just a workshop on what to do if you see something happening. And I think that more than ever, you know, I read another thing on Instagram. I've seen it several times through this you know, the last several months, but like if you are a white person and you see something happening, it is your job then to just stand and watch and and hold these police officers accountable. Yeah. Because unfortunately, I I mean, and, for, I really, and just to clarify, not even just for Asian, whatever. It's oh, yeah. No, 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 no. For, I, I know mean, you mean that. Yeah. People of color. Yeah. yeah. But just as we all are acknowledging, like the system is not working, it's working for a certain type of person. Right. That's all. That's it. The America is is built for a particular type of person. Right. So it's up to, I mean, we have got to do our job as in protect our communities. You, we, we can no longer just like bury our head in the sand yeah. because then and it's protect on us. other communities, right? Where it's like, yes. you may not live yes. in that neighborhood and say, well, it's not my problem. It's like, but it, this is your problem. And we've said this before that we are only as free as our least free right. citizen. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. So 
Speaking of people that aren't free, <laughs> how about those Christians, huh? <laughs> oh my God, I know. That's what we're talking about today. But before we talk about Christians and purity, let's talk about dildos, huh? That's right. Take it away, us. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Ooh. Plus, free shipping. That's HORIO. W-H-O-R-E-O. HORIO at adamandeve.com. And we're back. Oh, yes. <laughs> Switching gears. Yeah. <laughs> still about yeah. oppression. Still talking to oppression. Yeah. Different kind. Well, it's funny. So a couple weeks ago, we got a lovely little ping on YouTube for a comment. Mm-hmm. And this comment just started just berating us with Bible verses. Lots of, uh, you know, I could read a couple. Yeah, Let's see what they say. Let's enlighten okay. us. <laughs> Okay, let's get ready. Let's see what this lovely human being had to say. (laughs) I love the comment. Ew. (laughs) Which song was it for? That was for eating out. Oh, good. Ew, yes. That's funny. Um, Proverbs 23, verse 27. Concepts for a harlot is a deep pit. An adulterous woman is a narrow well. (laughs) Ezekiel 16, 33. Men give gifts to all harlots, but you give your gifts to all your lovers to bribe them to come to you from every direction for your harlotries. <laughs> for Leviticus. <my> harlotries. <laughs> <laughs> Leviticus 19.29. Do not profane your daughter by making her a harlot, so that the land will not fall to harlotry and the land become full of lewdness. I mean, it goes on. It's, he quotes it's very long. <laughs> Leviticus, Isaiah, Proverbs, back to Ezekiel, Deuteron- Deuteronomy, Jeremiah. Oh, uh, who are these dudes? Why are they telling Exodus. me not to harlot myself? <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, did you know that there's a horse? Uh, Hosea? Hosea. Hosea. Yeah. Hosea in Excelsis. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. I will not punish your daughters when they play the harlot or your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go apart with harlots and offer sacrifices with temple prostitutes. So the people without understanding are ruined. Okay. Oh, well, so, so wait, that, that one, it sounds like he's kind of blaming the dudes at least. Yeah. Well, that's nice. <laughs> but John, John Brother, that's his, his name. Uh, he commented on our eating out video, our girls poop two video, <laughs> and the douchebag video. Just, you know, berating us with Bible verses of harlotry. Um, and you know what? And here's so- the thing about it. I bet you he thought he was doing a, a nice thing. He was helping save us. That was mm, in his mind. Thank you, John brother. Do you know what I mean? But I'm sure yeah. that's part of what's going on here. And yes. and herein lies the, 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 <laughs> the, the problem. <laughs> the issue with this. I, I want to mention at the top of this because we're going to say Christianity a lot because I'm having a hard time saying just evangelical because I think mm-hmm. that like this does permeate not even just Christianity but like American society generally to different degrees. It's just like extreme in the evangelical community. So if I say Christian, I understand there are also like, you know, I, I grew up in the church. I know Marie grew up in the church. There are churches that are not perpetuating these stories within church. So I, I I just want to acknowledge that that is true. If you are a church going Christian and you're like, that's not like my church. I totally get it. Totally get mm-hmm. it. 
but and what really sparked this is that obviously with the Atlanta shooter mm-hmm. basically he was saying that he you know was a, was addicted to sex and because of religion religion played a huge part in why he acted in the way that he did the temptation of these women overtook his mind which i don't you know well um, and that's like what they teach you in these evangelical churches this is what they preach Mm-hmm. And I, somebody put it really succinctly in one of the readings that I did, and they said the church makes men afraid and like of their minds, and it makes women ashamed and afraid of their bodies. Yes, mm-hmm. and like that's, I mean, that's abuse. <laughs> First of all, you're trying right. to, you know, manipulate someone and their thinking and all that. I think also, by the way, the thing that the church said of that particular guy that shot those women in Atlanta, they said something like, don't blame the women. They it's not their fault if they're prostitutes like that was there. Uh, this guy's actions is just his actions. But it's like, I'm sorry, you're still saying the same shit like you're still saying, right. you know, and also did we not that it matters, but we're, I don't think they were prostitutes at all. I think they were just spa massage people all these people well, are saying that what do they i don't know what the latest on, not that it they, matters even but not that it matters but it apparently he had visited the massage parlors himself a couple times and I, I haven't been able to confirm that they were sex workers but that it is rumored that they were sex workers those massage or that they did but parlors. also here's the thing about massage parlors as we all know and especially his limits of sex seem very low right it's also possible that it's like a happy ending type situation, right? Which I guess totally. is considers, you know, so that's yeah. also different. I don't know. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. Right. Too. <laughs> Let's get into the religion aspect right. of how it controls sex and causes violence, you know? Right. I think that um, I kind of want to start at my own personal experiences with sure. with church and the, with sex because yeah. I, I grew up going to a Presbyterian church, which is extremely, you know, loving and, and accepting of, of others. However, I also had friends within my schools who were evangelicals, who were Baptists, and they were my friends. And so here I was going to Presbyterian church and in my church, like, you know, you were supposed to save yourself to marriage. And then I had my friends who were Baptists who was like, you know, they're not allowed to dance. They're not allowed to kiss before marriage or, you know, even more extreme, like these evangelicals too, of just, and it was always around. Religion was always around growing up and especially in high school. Like when I was starting to, you know, experiment sexually. I never had sex in high school, but I definitely did a lot. And I will never forget my first time being like fingered. Sorry, I'm going there. But like rushing home, calling my friend Ashley and telling her what happened and her screaming at me that I was going to burn in hell. Right. I had and I had made out with this guy, you know, band president, a guy that I loved <laughs> for a year <laughs> and I was just so excited to be with and to, to to fool around with in a safe, consensual way. My my experience was great, but then I had a friend when I rushed home to tell and be excited, oh my God, I finally, you know, we're 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 together now. We, you know, yeah. after all this time. And then to be shamed. And that feeling of of the blame was placed on me. Mm-hmm. And 
I think of like in high school also so many girls that I knew were doing the purity vow Mm -hmm. and like the purity rings and like promising (laughs) their bodies to their husbands, journaling letters Mm -hmm. to their husbands. Mm -hmm. It didn't exist, by the way. There was no husband yet. Right. Right. You know, they're journaling. At 13 years old, you're journaling to your husband. Like, right. But so this is just all my experience. And so. I think for me, when I finally did start having sex, because I had been taught so many times that it was bad and that I should be waiting for marriage and stuff. And then finally, like finally having sex and uh, it was just so loaded when it didn't need to be. Right. You know? Well, and I think that that's like, so let's talk about like what this, you know, purity mentality does to a person, how it Mm -hmm. like breaks them down, fills them with shame. Mm-hmm. and um represses like the repression mm-hmm. is dangerous in its own right so like from a from a female perspective a lot of this is the shame comes from like any any lusting after you is your fault that's sort of mm-hmm. the primary like message that is sent in these churches uh so there there's a lot of that kind of shame what is like less uh, what we're less aware of but is now becoming more of a obvious issue is the repression that then is is put upon the men so he said like it becomes like an an, a shame you feel shame about your thoughts and shames about your mind Mm -hmm. natural Mm -hmm. things natural thoughts natural urges especially during puberty especially at 13 you know right right and so like this new notion of like sex addiction Mm-hmm. You know, and it's I'm not saying that sex addiction doesn't exist in some forms. I think some people do actually suffer from like compulsive masturbating and compulsive, uh, you know, porn watching and all that. But this like this kid, the kid that was the shooter in Atlanta, like he's blaming a lot of his issues on sex addiction because he looked at a porn like twice and he like mm-hmm. thinks about sex sometimes because mm-hmm. these preachers and ministers at these at these churches claim that you have to purify your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you can't be thinking about sex ever, 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 except with your wife once you get married. Mm-hmm. And then that's your that's your that's your path to salvation. Mm-hmm. And it's like a fe- it's a fear tactic, and it's also like incredibly da- psychologically damaging to tell mm-hmm. someone like, okay, you're you're a fish, but you're not allowed to um, swim in water. You know what I mean? I had to bring it back to the I, fish. Of course, that's all I think about now. <laughs> That's all I think about. But, the, but the, you know, maybe I have a fish addiction. That's a whole other thing. But I'm not going to make me go shoot people, you know. But the thing is, it's like you're you're telling people that like they can't have their natural impulses as an animal. Like we are animals. Mm-hmm. So what does that do psychologically to a person? Well, we know it can bring it can it can sometimes lead people to shoot people mm-hmm. and think that that's a better option a more holy God appreciate God is okay with me killing these women. He's more okay with me killing these women than he is with me masturbating. Mm. That's what that Mm -hmm. kid thought, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's actually exceedingly dangerous to be pushing these ideas about um, purity. Mm -hmm. And aside from the fact that like, so for the male perspective, right? It's like that repression. I knew a kid in college and he was Catholic. (laughs) He wasn't, you know, Mm. because I think that's why I was sort of like saying that this isn't just an evangelical thing. This is sort of like a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was Catholic and he was so afraid of like 
the same stuff same purity stuff exactly and he didn't watch porn at all he didn't like to think or talk about sex he could talk about sex sort of in a more like clinical way but he was saving himself till marriage he did not masturbate at all or he really really tried not to masturbate and that boy had a crazy ass tick (laughs) because i think he was just like he's constantly blinking and like twitching like it's because he had no he was doing something unnatural to his body and we should talk about he was a friend of ours in college but behind his back we were like what do we do for him we go we have to help him he's gotta jerk off he's gotta do something and we would tell him you're allowed to jerk off you can do and he's like no 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 just please for your for your health for your health it's not healthy (laughs) it's true (laughs) Well, I just, I mean, so obviously I don't go to church anymore, although I am volunteering with my parents' church on Saturday to uh, do flood relief <laughs> work. That's lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Yep. Right, so I will be doing some work with the church, with their church. But I just, I've, I've kind of really come full circle with my religion because, you know, growing up with it and then going off to college and then learning about other religions, um, I have a deep, deep respect for it, but the control aspect I just cannot get behind and especially the control of women's bodies and and this like it's our fault if men are lusting after us I mean the the amount of shame I felt throughout high school for having breasts right like for having breasts bigger because my boobs boobs got big still are still are growing apparently (laughs) (laughs) but um I believe that there are churches out there that hopefully are teaching like proper comprehensive sex education um well, uh, rather than like yeah. abstinence remember i which had is that, what remember i had a sex head class in my church yes so yeah i mean they tried they were trying what uh, were their names esther and alan <laughs> <laughs> when alan comes inside me i like to no esther when sit. esther comes oh, inside esther. me i like to i like her to stay inside oh no yeah no he's he's oh, a, I, like to, I like to stay inside <laughs> esther after i come inside of her like oh, why are you telling God. us this i cannot believe that they <laughs> that was my you trip. if you guys church. missed that episode you could should go find it <laughs> for the whole story <laughs> but yes no so i would say yes there are definitely churches that if not doing comprehensive sex ed are at least not trying to make people feel fully shameful for their natural feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In young people. And I think that that does exist to some, in some churches, I'm sure. Cause I know people, I know I have a minister friend who is like extremely liberal and extremely like mm-hmm. really trying to bridge that gap between, you know, reality and like what some of these other churches are preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, well, another thing that was interesting to me when as I was looking through things, there was a statistic done amongst um, evangelical men. And and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure that this would also apply to women. But uh, and maybe now I'm thinking maybe it wasn't men. Maybe I'm imposing men. Maybe it was just evangelical people. And they said, what um, what makes you know that you are closer to God? Like, what is the thing? that you when you know that you are really like in touch with the spirit you know in touch with god and they they were ever, they're basing it on how much they masturbate in a day or how much they masturbate in a week or how much they masturbate in a month they don't measure it on maybe it was men because i think that that there are probably a lot of women don't wait. masturbate at all <laughs> wait, so, wait, wait. so they would yes right so they're not what? measuring how close they are to god by 
how much like they love their neighbor, how much love for others has grown, how much service they're doing for others. Uh-huh. They measure their Christianity and like their their religiousness and how like pure and wonderful they are by how few times they masturbate and how little they look at porn. That is their measure for how they I wish you could see Marie's face right now. <laughs> She's like, "What?" Uh, it hurts my brain. Yeah. I I do not understand what is happening within these churches, though. Well, I mean, one because that was one thing I was really trying to find is like, what, why, why this fixation on sex and purity? Why? Because it's like basically what that tells me too. By the way, is that ninety percent of the time when you're at your church service, your your minister or preacher or whatever is just talking about sex <laughs> he's just mm. he's just talking about sex and why you shouldn't do it and how you're gonna go to hell for 90 percent of the sermon it must be that much because mm-hmm. if that's how you're gauging how like close to god you are is by how little you masturbate then you're missing the whole point of christianity <laughs> to begin with i mean think about like how backwards that is right <laughs> it's insanity i mean i didn't masturbate until college which is insane i mean you know rubbed up against some pillows but imagine things, even but... being like a 13 year old boy no, I you cannot I mean? imagine. Because like that's, that, that's, that's, that's normal. That's you what know? you do. Um, there, oh, there, so I was, but I was like desperate to find this answer to like, why? Why are they like so obsessed with sex and purity? And this woman um, named Sarah Mosliner, she wrote a book called Virgin Nation. And she, I guess, had mm. come from a, a evangelical community and then kind of broke out of it and she's studied this and she wrote this book that's like very non-biased it's just she's like I just wanted to write something that was purely factual so she gets a lot of questions of like well where do you land on this she's like that's a great question and I'm not going to answer it because the point of this book is just to present the truth Mm. and she says in that book they interviewed her and in the interview um, she talks about how sexual purity movements past and present are not ultimately about promoting a biblical view of sexuality. They are about explaining large scale cultural crisis. For example, Anglo-Saxon decline, the Cold War, changing Mm. gender roles and sexual mores. And then they are providing a formula for overcoming those quote unquote crises. Each historical example I analyze, this woman, uh, demonstrates that purity work and rhetoric has emerged at moments when socially conservative evangelicals seek to assert and maintain their political power. Sexual Mm. purity isn't about what Abby and Brendan do on a Friday night. It's about constructing Mm. a view of the United States as a nation in distress and claiming that evangelical Christianity can not only uh, can not only best explain the crisis, but save us from our demise, which is very much in line with kind of what's happening in the world right now, which is that like, look, people are starting to say, hey, I'm transgender, right? That mm-hmm. doesn't fit into a traditional Christian setup. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm a homosexual. That does not fit into a traditional, you know, uh, c- Christian structure. Hey, I'm a heterosexual woman, uh, but also I don't want to have babies. And I don't want to get married. That does not right. fit into a traditional, you know, um, christian ideals so it's the threat of like these changing norms that's that look to sort of destabilize christianity or Mm. it feels to the christians it's destabilizing christianity so everyone's just like doubling down Mm. so it feels like what's it just like starts to push into these like oh we have to you know 
we are explaining why the world is so crazy right now. It's because of impurity. It's because of sex and whatever. So we have mm-hmm. to stomp it out and we have to stomp it out in our hearts and in our minds oh. so that then we can be pure and not go to hell. That's sort of like the mentality behind it. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's just not true. I'm so sorry, but it's just not true. <laughs> It's just Mm -hmm. not true. God wouldn't have put us here and given us a sex drive if he wanted us to never have sex. (laughs) Yeah. Or and and save it for our soulmate. And then here's the other. So talk about like the dangers of this. The next level of this is like, let's say you make it through, you know, your teen young years and Mm -hmm. you're desperately hanging on to your virginity because you're like, oh, God, I can't lose it. But also, oh, my God, I'm just horny all the time. And I can't think about being horny because that makes me a bad person. So you're just like mentally like really doing damage to yourself mentally mm-hmm. like psychologically by the way and physically probably you finally you might meet a nice partner and you guys are 21 and all of a sudden you're like i can't take it anymore we have to have sex <laughs> so you get married mm. like an asshole <laughs> and then you're de- and then and and the church has been telling you the whole time mm-hmm. the church is telling you if you wait till marriage your life is going to be fucking amazing Mm -hmm. everything is going to be perfect you're going to then sex will be so meaningful to you and the world will open up to you and god's love will shower down upon you and your life will be perfect well guess what marriage doesn't solve any problems in fact it usually creates more right so like then these people then the shame just keeps building let's say those people aren't sexually compatible let's say they don't know you know i mean there's all these other like levels of problems that start cropping up and then people get divorced so like that shame, you know what I mean? Or they don't get divorced, but they should. I was watching this psychologist talk about sex and sexuality and the church because she is a Christian. And the way that she was talking about the church and how you're raised like to be pure. And then once you get married, then you're great. God loves you all that sort of stuff. But like as far as like a sexual standpoint, even once you're married and you've done the thing that you're supposed to do, you still have no sex education on how to right. pleasure your husband or right. your wife. There's, I mean, sex is, but, and they still can shame you even if you're married, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so, yeah. It's so just that like, if you try something a little bit like quote, quote unquote kinky, like the woman's on top, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> or heaven forbid doggy style. Oh my, no, never. No, no. Oh my God. But yeah, the, you're right. <laughs> that the shame doesn't end there. Right. It just doesn't end. God, if you finally got married, if you would been a virgin and then you got married, you lost your virginity to your husband and then you something sexually wasn't working and then you went to your, you know, your church, your minister, I don't know who to to get help. And then they're like, don't talk about sex and then shame you for wanting to have better sex with your husband. Then what I mean, what are we doing? (laughs) What's happening? That's not that's not good. So that's so that all of that would be bad enough. Right. (laughs) But then add to that that it is it's so common practice. They've been studying this. It is so common practice that it's it's a joke and in, in, it's a joke. But it's so common practice that people in the higher up levels of um, the ministries and stuff uh, are some of the worst in terms of sexually harassing other people. 
So like I was reading a story of a one woman who was talking about how just the sheer amount of like passes that the the like the the more elders in the communities would be like either flirting with her, touching her butt, touching her breasts. One of her minute her like top one of the top ministers sent her a dick pic. You know, this is like a pretty common occurrence. These people also tend to find prostitutes and have sex outside of marriage more often than other people mm-hmm. um so it's like the hypocrisy too on top of all mm-hmm. this and not just the hypocrisy but then there was one minister they were talking to who had done he had had so many extramarital affairs he had done so many gross terrible things to his congregation and stuff and he just kept saying like you know i'm just working on getting closer to god i i'm imperfect and i have to keep like repressing myself and i i'm just struggling but you know i have a sex addiction but i can overcome it. it's like no you just been like a, repressing yourself so long you don't understand what healthy boundaries are you don't understand mm. what healthy sex life is you don't understand your own body you don't understand what's mm-hmm. normal and healthy inside your own body mm-hmm. well and then the uh, so then again if that's not bad enough <laughs> another thing that can lead to these you know problems because of these issues is domestic violence mm. and like rape at home and mm-hmm. you know uh there was some australian church that came under fire because its leader was preaching over and over again to the women be subservient to your husband oh. be subservient to your husband mm-hmm. and that included domestic violence wow if your husband hits you just let him that's what the church the church was telling people I mean, the Bible does say that be subservient to your husband. He well, rules there's and there's all a there's the land a, and your body. Mm-hmm. There's a subculture known as Christian domestic discipline. Christian domestic discipline that promotes spanking of wives by their husbands as a form of punishment. And they use um, there are parts of the Bible that say like, yeah, it's okay, spank your wife if she's bad. So they just like lean on that <clears throat> that that part of the Bible. Which is probably written not by God, but some dude. And we've talked about that too. And just some guy's like, you know what? I feel like spanking my wife. Put that in the Bible. <laughs> oh uh, well, I mean, I go back to just the, I mean, again, I just wish that these religious groups would teach comprehensive sex education, like real comprehensive sex, meaning especially what consent means Mm -hmm. and statistically the the better that you educate young people on um proper sex education but teaching them uh to say yes or or boundaries or you know consent the statistically um there's less domestic abuse there's less sexual assault yeah women are taught that um to never get raped, okay? Obviously, right. never get, mm-hmm. never, and if you do, you have failed. Right. You're taught to say <laughs> no. So fucked up. Yeah. You're taught to say no, and if you, if, if that doesn't work and you are raped or sexually assaulted, then it's your fault, and then there's the shame, and then that's when people don't report it. Right, right. And so, but again, it goes back to that shame, and, and the man is lusting after you, and it's your fault. Yeah. And that's what's in the Bible. And that's what a lot of these organizations preach. The other thing, too, is that like there's a really clear because there's like all these rules, right, where it's like you're supposed to wait till marriage to get have sex and men are supposed to bring home the bacon and the women take care of the children and the women should have lots of children and all these like rules that are imposed upon like traditional quote unquote values. What some of those values, quote unquote, are that uh, just there's just sort of an assumption and and it's told to you over and over again that the men are more lusty 
mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. a harder time controlling themselves. And the women right. don't have any desire for sex right. for some reason. They've decided. Mm-hmm. So it is 100% then the woman's responsibility to prevent a rape. Mm-hmm. And to keep people from and keep from being in kind of any sexual exchange. Mm-hmm. It's the woman that has to do it. The man, he's, it's a boys will be boys thing. Then they do try to tell the men, by the way, men, if you do partake in this, uh, if you look at a woman in a bikini and have a lustful thought, that's one step away from God. So you better <laughs> curb that. So it's like, just, I mean, it's just, that's no way to live. It's just no way to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even get into the controlling of birth control. <laughs> right. That the, right. That religion does too. Right. Um, apparently there was a, a hashtag church Two movement that came out around the me too movement. Did you hear about oh, really? this? Yeah. Uh-uh. I hadn't heard about this. So I guess within the church communities, because like exactly like you're saying, a lot of women just have not felt empowered to say anything because you're not supposed to talk about sex. You're not supposed to get raped. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to get uh, lusted after. So they, um, started their own movement. And f- so women are starting to speak up more in those communities. So we'll see how much that makes, you know, it's it maybe when we were talking about it. So maybe it's making some difference. But you're right mm-hmm. in terms of like the and we've talked a little bit about about um, the birth control thing and like abortion and all that. But you know, what sort of brought my because I'm always like, what is up with the like pro-life anti-abortion thing mm-hmm. where they're like pro-life, 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 don't kill babies, don't kill babies. But then they're like, let the environment burn. Like, <laughs> you know, blue lives matter. Like all lives matter. Like, you know, they they do like, they, they play these games with like, what is life then to you? It's just this mm-hmm. unborn baby that you're obsessed with. But when I learned about the thing about the masturbating and how like they just fixate on like, oh, masturbating, if I don't masturbate, then God loves me. I feel like it's similar with the with the um, abortion. It just gets so indoctrinated in your brain that it's like you don't even see the forest for the trees. You're just like right. abortion, abortion, abortion. I, huh, that is that is evil. That's the thing God hates. That's the thing. Well, God also hates it when you call someone the N word. Did you know that? <laughs> like maybe you should also right. love your neighbor and like respect uh, the humans that are here on the earth. Mm-hmm. Does that occur to you? But it doesn't. It like legitimately doesn't. Right. right. Well, because I think religion makes things a lot very black and white. Yeah. There's no room for gray. No, not at all. It just has to be, yeah, just has to be this way or you're going to hell. That's the scariest thing. Did you ever go to, did you ever, in D.C., probably not, but like these drive-through, like horror, like around Halloween? Oh, yeah, they had those, like, but they didn't have religious ones. Did you have, like, religious ones? Oh, yeah, the churches would have these, like, religious um, oh my god horror yeah houses of horror i can't remember what it's called it was very specific but it was literally like <laughs> it'd be like people kids acting out like going to a party oh going to my a party god. and then they're drinking at a party oh and then it cuts then you go to like the next room and then like they, they're like having sex and then <laughs> and the next one they've been been in a car accident and the unborn baby is thrown through her uterus in through like through the window of the car or something and it's like this is what can happen to you if you your lips touch alcohol happy halloween (laughs) yeah (laughs) was it it a halloween specific there was it just like a fear tactic at any time i mean no it was i i I think it was only around halloween that they did it 
But yeah, obviously it was a fear tactic of like, you know, yeah. control the church controlling. Well, but it was like apparently the church admits that they just use fear tactics. They're like, yeah, yeah, of course we use fear because how else are we going to get people to do what we say? Yeah, I wish I could remember what it that was called. Is if the y'all remember, craziest yeah, thing. It was insane, but it was like a lot of the Baptist churches would like haunted house, woo, you know, and then like you'd go in and be like, yeah, it was always drinking or or premarital sex, um, and then them dying and then them being like zombies or something. You're like, cool, that's. Can we go to a corn maze next time? <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even know that existed. I love that though. I love that. I would love to see one of those things, but I would be like, it, that is the most. It's the scary part. Isn't the 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 scenes that they do the scary part is that they think that that's okay <laughs> that, that's, yeah that's truly terrible and that's yeah and it's meant for like young teenagers to sure. go and see and then get scared to death of having or drinking or doing drugs or having sex or yeah email us at difficult women podcast i'm so curious if y'all went to those things too because uh they were all over the place down here that's crazy i never even heard of that <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this we didn't come up with. I don't have a lot of solutions for this one. I don't have a lot of. I mean, I think part of what's happening next, like I said, there's the hashtag church to movement that was happening. And I think that that's great. Um, and also, apparently, a lot of these people that wrote these books to help teens stay pure. There was one in particular. It was a very popular book. And of course, I don't remember which one. Oh, hey, I'm very bad. At. Yes. This guy, his name, the last name is Harris. Um, I was reading about him. Yeah, Joshua Harris. Yes, Joshua Harris. With his like 1997 manifesto, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, in which he argued for a model of courtship supervised by parents with no kissing before the wedding day. And then he publicly apologized to people and he said he misdirected them um, with the unhelpful influence by his teachings. Yeah, and he said something too about like how he was kind of horrified by how many people he had hurt. He didn't realize mm. how hurtful it was. And that's the key, right? That this mm-hmm. isn't just like, oh, well, whatever. I just want to scare my kids out of having sex or whatever. This is like damaging people on mm-hmm. multiple levels. Mm-hmm. And it's also a part of like what we need to dismantle <laughs> to like move mm-hmm. forward is this like normalizing people being different, mm-hmm. normalizing human impulses, you know? And I don't mean human impulses like killing a cat. I mean like human impulses like wanting to have sex. And then, but then also normalizing. <laughs> I would like to have sex. <laughs> but normalizing consent, right? So it's not just like, yes, I'm yes, not I'm yes. not advocating that like, oh, just let people fuck whoever they want. Like, no, I mean, with consent, sure. But, you know. Mm-hmm. But why, and also why do you care so much about what other people do? Right. That's, a whole other That's thing. the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. But also yeah. care about what you do. You know, if you're a person that is in an evangelical community and you are like, no, 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 sex is bad. I mean, I really urge you to, you're you're in a cult. <laughs> you're in like a scary, brainwashy type cult that is trying to tell you that you're not normal when you are a hundred, totally normal. Mm-hmm. You're a normal person. If, if the little, little Nas video upset you. <laughs> yeah, get over it. That's get a, over it. That's a great video. It's a, fabulous video oh my god yeah but i love i mean i saw video footage of you know churches showing the video in church and then being i mean <laughs> condemning what is him. that about <laughs> i love it people they're so confused it's so funny those guys are i so know confused. it's so funny oh god i mean yeah and, and if you haven't seen that video just google it because so you should you should watch it it's great <laughs> that's like how we feel it's great <laughs> it's great it's great anyway anyway so yeah i don't know 
go forth, have consensual sex. Uh, do not feel ashamed. Do uh, not enjoy feel yourself. ashamed. Yes. Yeah. Please. Um, and ha- have it, have it for us too. Oh you know? God, yeah. Get out there safely. Wear a mask. <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs>